God is so innovative. He finds ways to, uh, innovative ways to be with us. And Jesus is so innovative. He is the first to link like Passover, first supper to, to a wedding. It's just this kind of sharing. But, you know, uh, this, this word for sharing is, is uh, unique. It's like to give a share in something that you would not have or can have without the other. Uh, we've been preparing for uh, a Hispanic bilingual wedding for some months now. And we, when we had it, we... Uh, had a priest from Venezuela help and assist. We, the bride was, is from Venezuela. And they do, of course, this blessing that normally we don't have in our English right, but it is called the blessing of the Aras. You have to roll your tongue with the double R's, and I can never get that right. So that's Aras. And so you know, it's, it's, I would say, the, the right goes like this. John received the arrows as a pledge of God's blessing, a sign of the good gifts we will share. And, and then the bride, Jose Marie, received these arrows as a pledge of God's blessing, as a sign of the good gifts we will share. So they're holding these coins, but it's more of a sharing in life. Now, St. Paul uses that word participate. Like, uh, how do you participate in Mass so it's not so boring? How, how do you participate? He uses that word, coin on. Sounds like the word coin. Maybe that's where we get the word coin from in Greek. In a unheard of, unheard of context in relationship to God, the sharing. It's just what secular Greeks would never think of. And, and so you have St. Paul saying, and he uses that word, he says, the bread that we break, is it not a participation, a sharing in the body of Christ? The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation? in the blood of Christ, a sharing, like the link between the Passover and a wedding, like the wedding at Cana. This intimate sharing. God is so innovative. Jesus is so innovative. And Paul, to use this word, coin, so innovative. You know, when I asked the bride what this meant, she said, oh, it just means that the husband has to give me all the money. Well, God wants to give all of himself to us. And uh, so, you know, when I was first ordained, I had all this theological jargon in my head. And it didn't mean diddly squat, honestly. <laughs> I was like, okay, I passed my test. But, uh, but what I really didn't understand the Eucharist until I started to intermingle more with families especially with parents. My, my first assignment, somewhere along the line, I uh, met uh, the business manager, and he would get up at 
five o'clock in the morning. They would drive all the way to, say, uh, someplace like Pittsburgh, and he'd watch his son play basketball. He was in a Division I school. And then he would drive all the way back the same day, same night, and he'd get up early in the morning. I mean, this, that he wanted to, to give his son a share in something that, that he couldn't have, this relationship with his parents, his relationship with his father that he couldn't have without him. And, and so, uh, you know, it's the same with uh, when I was at another parish assignment. There was a girl across the street that worked at um, the child care facility. She had maybe an arm that only went up to here and little fingers that were twisted and distorted. And then she had two uh, artificial legs from the feet up to her kneecaps. How she managed to hold babies is just incredible to me. But her and her husband obviously couldn't have children because of her physical predicament. So what did she do? They decided to fly all the way to China. And her goal was to adopt a little girl that looked just like her. And you know, little girls are not really wanted or valued in China, and especially if you're crippled. You're kind of left out on your own to eat garbage out of a garbage dump. So she went for three weeks. They stayed in, in China, and they adopted a girl just like her, a girl that was crippled with arms, crippled legs, and they brought her back, you know, and adopted her. And, and they wanted her to to share in their life that she couldn't have apart from them. And that's, that's the beauty of this word koinon. It means to give a share. It's, it's not in secular Greek, but in this context, this innovative context. It means to give a share in something or someone you don't have or can't have without the other. And you know, when I think about when I was first ordained, I thought, well, you know, that's the Eucharist. This father who drove to these games, this, these parents that flew all the way to China, that they could have a share in this life, that's, that's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice of the man's. That they wanted to be that present. That's real presence. Of the well, as time went on in my ministry, I discovered, you know, how wounded people are. More and more wounds, you know, despair, um, isolation, loneliness, uh, just confusion. So much woundedness. And so there is, in the early Christian community, a sense of the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ, as also a kind of sharing, as a kind of a, a medical remedy. They called it a divine remedy. And so I, I, uh, it's kind of a high-tech illustration, but recently I found out, you know, 
instead of putting chemicals in your body if you have cancer, now they can take your blood out into a cell. Your blood goes out into the gene. They administer the chemotherapy without it going in your body. It goes and kills the unhealthy cells in your blood. And then the blood goes back to your body. It's like a, like a remedy for what makes your body corrupt. In, in such a like way, though, the body of Christ that we receive is like that. It, it's not a machine. It's a person. It's a body. It's a living organism, not a bureaucracy. We think of the church as a bunch of rules and a bureaucracy. I mean, it has people that are not perfect. You know, people like you, not people like me. Uh, and it goes into this body. You receive the body of Christ and all that's corrupted in us, that even we don't like in ourselves, all of our wounds, our self-hatred, our comparing ourselves with each other, all of that goes into the body of Christ and heals and takes out what is corrupting us, what is corrupting our imagination, what is corrupting our actions. It's a beautiful sharing of life. And so it's not about cannibalism, this sharing. When Jesus says, I'll eat your body and eat my body and drink my blood, you have to think of it more in terms of, you know, cannibalism is a dead organism that you eat. Jesus said, my father is a living father. This is living bread. This is a transfusion, like a transfusion of his blood into us. It's living. It's a beautiful share. And then when you come up for communion today, it's not so much that you're receiving him. It's that he is receiving you into sharing his divine nature. His life, it's so innovative. He is receiving you. And in this sharing, like in that wedding, like in the sharing of that couple who adopted a child from China, in that sharing, like the father that drove all the way five hours up and back and worked the next day, a sharing in something you don't have or can't have without the other. And the other is here in the Eucharist. Amen.